Welcome to the AccuSmile Podcast, where it's my mission to help new practitioners of Chinese medicine navigate from school to career. I'm Stacy. I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist, podcaster, coach, and creator of Magical Networks. Be sure to check out all four pillars of the podcast where I cover case studies to sharpen your clinical skills, mindset Mondays to support your mental health, new practitioner interviews to prove that you are not alone, and all things business from launching your practice to negotiating your pay if you choose to be an employee. This podcast is made possible by our sponsors. So if you would like to support the podcast, be sure to check out the sponsors page on the website to claim your special AccuSprout offers. When I first started my practice, I was actually kind of a disaster when it came to my books. I hired an accountant who actually laundered money from another client. So I went on a quest to find a bookkeeper who really tailors to and loves working with acupuncturists. And I found Sarah at Horizon West Bookkeeping, and I'm feeling pretty fortunate. Sarah offers acupuncturists and the AccuSprout community a couple different packages so that she can meet you where you are. If you're new to practice, she can come in and do what's called a QuickBooks startup package for you, where you get pretty deep discounts on QuickBooks for about four months. She sets up your chart of accounts, assists with linking your bank accounts, makes sure that all the transactions are imported, and then teaches you how to use it with two hours of one-on-one training. It's a killer deal. She also offers cleanup packages and catch-up packages. Not catch-up packages, guys. Catch-up packages. And a monthly package, which is what I use. And I find it quite affordable and so, so, so worth it because, honestly, I never, since the beginning, have been able to keep up with my bookkeeping. You can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with Sarah to make sure that you guys are the right fit for each other. And you can do that at horizonwestbookkeeping.com forward slash AccuSprout or look for the link in the show notes. Today's episode is also sponsored by Jane, an all-in-one practice management software with helpful features to power your acupuncture practice. Jane offers flexible scheduling options that match the way you work. You have the option of offering one-on-one online sessions for initial consults, meeting in person, and scheduling staggered appointments to accommodate treating patients across different treatment rooms. Jane has you covered. Keep the relaxation going with a seamless checkout experience using Jane's PCI-compliant payment solution, Jane Payments. You can collect patient credit cards securely through your intake form or at the time of booking with an online booking payment policy. This can also help reduce no-shows in your practice. It's a win-win. And Jane's unlimited SMS and email reminders can be sent automatically before each appointment as an extra layer of no-show protection. To learn more about how Jane's helpful features can help you power your acupuncture practice, head to jane.app to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their team. Or if you're ready to get started, head on over to accusprout.com forward slash Jane. And remember to use the code accusprout1mo at the time of sign up to get a one-month grace period applied to your new account. Welcome to the AccuSprout Podcast, where it's my mission to create a supportive community for new practitioners of Chinese medicine, while I give you the information and inspiration to help you grow towards your vision of success in your first couple years of practice. This is Stacey Whitco, and I am your host. Hey, 
Hey, Aki Sprouts, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is super important, you guys. I don't think that you realize how important it is to have a really good backup team. And by a backup team, I mean a great accountant, a great bookkeeper, might be nice to have an attorney handy, but just some really great support systems in, in your network in case you need them. And it took me a while to find my bookkeeper. I think that a lot of you might know my story, but when I started business here in Bellingham, I launched and I found a bookkeeper that somebody referred to, or to, referred to me or referred me to. And here's the thing about getting referrals. Get referrals from people that you really, really resonate with. Because this person, she and I did not really resonate that well. And she referred me to like my bank that I hate. She referred me to my my accountant. <laughs> like I got all of these like s- these systems set up and they were really not to my benefit. <clears throat> so ultimately, my accountant I had for like a year and every single time I left her office, I was so freaking confused. I had no idea what I was doing and this is crazy you guys because I have my undergrad degree is exercise physiology and business. And I've had accounting classes and I have like some level of understanding, but I swear to God, every time I left her office, I was more confused than I was when I went in. And that is not the way you want to deal with your money. So ultimately what happened was she was doing my taxes at the end of, I think it was 2019. And I happened to be in the office and somehow she had mentioned something about being in a little bit of trouble (laughs) prior to this. And I hadn't even like, once you have an accountant, you don't want to change because it is such a big deal to like pick up all of your stuff and start over and it's expensive. And so I just let her do my books. But as I was sitting in her office and she was doing my accounting, my end of the year accounting and doing my taxes, I Googled her and she had been arrested (laughs) for embezzling two hundred thousand dollars and i literally she's sitting right across from me and my i mean i'm just trying to keep my mouth shut like oh my god what am i doing holy cow but ultimately honestly that first year business i had like (laughs) at tax time i think i had like maybe two thousand dollars in the bank so i was like well i mean we're already in let's just not say anything just finish this out get my taxes done it's not like she's going to be able to embezzle my whopping two thousand dollars without me noticing so i just i just kept going i was like whatever and then ultimately obviously we parted ways and then it took a while for me i mean literally during the pandemic i just sort of let my books sit and i started looking for a new bookkeeper an accountant and Ultimately, I ended up with my new bookkeeper, Sarah Quiggle, and Sarah's on the podcast today, more to help. Like, I really hope this helps you guys because it took me a little while to really feel like I have this portion of my business lined up in a way that I actually understand what's going on. And it has taken a bit of back and forth with Sarah. And I probably drive her insane because I'm like, yes, please just do it all. And then I'm like, no, wait, I want to learn. And then I'm like, back in again, like, oh my God, it's a mess. Can you come fix it? And then I'm back, you know, so I think that she's kind of used to that, but I want to bring Sarah on and just kind of do a thorough review of all the great questions uh, that pertain to new acupuncturists starting your practice. So 
listen in. We're going to cover a lot of really important information. And you want to stick around to the end because Sarah has a really sweet offer for you. And I really think that she's a really good bookkeeper for you potentially too. So stick around for that offer. But without further ramblings on my part, welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much, Stacey, for having me. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. Yeah. So tell us the name of your business and a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I own Horizon West Bookkeeping. I am located in Orlando, Florida, but I am a virtual bookkeeper. So that's how I'm able to help my clients all over the country. I love what I do. I have a math degree. So I've always loved numbers and spreadsheets. I've always been comfortable kind of in the background and crunching numbers has always been my jam. So obviously, I'm the really fun one at parties, as you can tell. Um, you can be my friend um, any day. If you math, I don't math. My hobbies include um, getting dressed to work out and just <laughs> thinking of excuses of why I shouldn't leave my house. So I'm just a boatload of fun. But I, I actually got in a couple years ago, I did start my own business as a doula. So I've listened to some of your episodes on the podcast, and I really do relate to your patient care themes and, and just, just that level of care that you guys have. And so I really am in awe of that. And that's kind of how I have gotten into the acupuncture world also when I started my doula practice. And it was awesome. I specialized in postpartum doula care. And so I did a lot of helping um, families once they came home from the hospital. And then COVID hit. And I was out of work. They kind of blocked us out of the hospitals. Um, no one was welcoming in, our, in their home. And that is totally understandable. So I decided I needed to pivot. And I had a major pivot <laughs> in 2020. So I went back on my background in bookkeeping and my love for numbers. And I decided to open up my own bookkeeping firm. And I am so glad that I did. It was the best decision I've ever made. And I am just loving my life right now. I love what I do. Like I said, I work with QuickBooks Online users. So that does allow me to work with people all over. And I love it. I love meeting new people and helping them with their business and especially people who are just starting out. I love helping people get on that right foot just very from the beginning. So they don't have to worry about big cleanup jobs later. I forgot that you were a doula. I forgot that. We we chatted in the very beginning and I remember we hit that point and I was like, oh, so that's, I was a doula for a while too, in the very beginning of my massage career, but I didn't have kids. So it didn't take off. Like I wasn't relatable to people, but anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I was a birth doula and I've done it since. Like I did it when I was in acupuncture school and I was lined up to do it again, just right when COVID hit, but that didn't happen again, just because I love it so much. It's such a really like deeply emotional, very connected, very necessary job. But anyway, I'm really glad that, it, no, so sorry that it didn't work out for you because I feel like I, when I work with you, I feel like one of your strengths is not necessarily just the bookkeeping, but it's also that you're a great teacher. Have you Thank taught you in so your much. Have you taught yes. in your past? Okay. Well, I actually did um, going for a math degree in school. It's kind of like you seem like you must just want to be a math teacher. So I did go along that route and I 
just was not enjoying myself. I did not like it. I did not like at that point in the education system, kind of what I would have to do, lesson plans, the thought of dealing with parents <laughs> frightened me. So um, no, but I do. I am like, and I, that's what one thing is I love teaching. And I think I'm um, a teacher at heart, not by trade, but I do love it. And that's one of the things I love about this job too. And I do love training new people as like you came to me as wanting training. And so I love being able to show, you know, show people what QuickBooks can do for them, make sure that it is set up best to help run their business. Great. So I have a ton of questions for you. And I feel like also that sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Like you don't know what questions you should be asking. So I'm addressing like the new practitioners. I'm going to ask Sarah a lot of the questions that you wouldn't think to ask your bookkeeper. <laughs> and that's why this podcast is so important. But what are, what are the some of the, the mistakes that you see new entrepreneurs making? I mean, well, I'm sure there's think, a million of them. <laughs> yes, but there, I think the biggest one that I have found is just people not separating business and personal transactions. Our goal is to have a business or a business bank or credit card account. That's the, the goal that you want. But even in the meantime, while you're getting your paperwork together to open those accounts, even if you just use a personal bank account or personal credit card, but only use business transactions for it. So only charge stuff for your business on it. That way you're not sifting out every month trying to figure whether this Amazon purchase was for business or whether it was personal. It will save you so much time and energy if they're just separated. And it's so hard at the be beginning because as we know, you might be spending more than you're bringing in. So all your funds are intermixed, but if you can at least use a separate account, that will really help in the long run. And I think that during 2020, when I didn't have a bookkeeper, I did. So my stuff has always been separate because I, I get that. Like I know that. And also to tag on to that, you guys, if for some reason you get sued and your your personal account is intermingled with your business account, you're putting all of your personal assets at risk of being taken away, basically, if you're sued, if you cross those over. So that is one huge reason why you really need to separate your business from your personal banking. And it's not that hard to open up a business account. So do it. But one of the things that I found that happened during the pandemic was that I had to pull from my personal savings account to continue to fund my business. Like I was taking loans out on my own personal. And, and so, and I messed, I'm not going to say I messed it up, but I did it the way that I thought that it would be done. And that was one of the really great parts of having Sarah help get my shit back in order honestly was like she was like where'd this thousand dollars come from you know because i kept trickling money into my account and and so now we have that set up so that i can actually see how to pay myself back which is amazing so anyway i just had to jump in there with that yeah, yeah. super helpful super helpful because yeah. i just thought like oh gosh i don't know i'm just gonna have to like tally that somewhere else and not only that like now I can pay myself back and that money isn't going to be like a paycheck where I get taxed on that money coming back to me. It's a loan payment. Yeah. And so when you have that, say you have $1,000 deposited in your business bank account, I mean, is was it sales? 
Was it your investment? I mean, you don't want to be taxed on that money. So you need to make sure that you're categorizing that correctly. And that's where either doing it yourself or having someone there on a monthly basis to, to ask those questions and to, to look at those things again really helps so that, you know, it's not next year and you're looking back and wondering what that $1,500 charge was for. And was that, was this income or was it, you know, a, a personal investment of your own? So it's just really important to stay on top of it. And that's another mistake, I guess, that I see people making at the beginning. They just don't have a clear picture of where their business stands. It's just not looking at those reports, even if you don't have an accounting software. If you're not going to use QuickBooks or Xero or Wave or any of those other applications, at least be putting it into a spreadsheet. And so my suggestion is that when you find yourself like spending too much time in Excel or a spreadsheet um, to keep track of everything, that's when maybe it's time to upgrade and to get an application, to get an app or a software that can help you. And with as little as 20 to 30 bucks a month, it's not a huge investment, but you can make it. It'll really help you. Well, and I, I love the fact that you're willing to like tell people to to go ahead and set up their own spreadsheet. But the truth is like 98% of us acupuncturists, Chinese medicine practitioners, I mean, zero idea how to set that up properly and how to create a P&L or, you know, like profit and loss sheet or any of those things that are going to be necessary when you have to have your taxes done. It's so easy to fight this as a new practitioner because you just don't want to freaking spend money because you're trying to get your practice going because, you know, now we have to get in one more patient per week to pay for this thing. And it's just so scary and stressful in the beginning. But I also agree with this, like, kind of because I am hardheaded and I make mistakes all the time and and I did this as well. And I really fought it last year and tried to do it on my own again. Boy, I, that putting a spreadsheet together, cool if you've got those skills, but um, much better to just hire somebody to go in and set up the categories and teach you how to use the, the software and anyway. But you guys can totally set up your spreadsheet and mess up your first year too if you want. That's cool. <laughs> That's how you learn. So, And I will say that it's amazing when I have consults with people and I mean, I can have a 15 to 20 minute conversation with someone and just at the end of it, they're like, oh, I feel so much better. Like yeah. I literally have not touched their books. I have not seen what they're going into. Like I haven't even told, like they have not hired me yet. But I think just getting that off, knowing that someone else is willing to carry this for them it frees so much mental energy that then they're able to then grow and work on their own business. And that's what I love seeing is having the time and energy now to focus on, you know, caring for their clients, growing their own business in ways that only they can do. So things like social media or bookkeeping, these things that you can outsource, if, if it's not something you enjoy, then don't do it. I mean, that's one of the reasons we all go into business for ourselves is that we can focus on what we enjoy and what we love to do. And if you find yourself that you keep putting off bookkeeping and then you keep putting it off and the pile just grows higher, like you don't like it. Just admit it. Like it's totally <laughs> fine. Just say, this is not me. 
and then find someone who's great at it and who does love it because there are people, there are people out there that do. And so you are blessing us that love to get into numbers. (laughs) So just think of it like that. You are blessing someone else. Right. You're gifting them the opportunity to do something that they love. Right. So every time I do my books, I don't know. I also think, well, I'm just creating job security for you because every time I do my books, I mess them up. And then I'm like, Sarah, I don't know what I'm doing. Come fix them again. I could have just paid you from the beginning, but no. Anyway, yeah, that's, it's really, I think in the beginning, like I said before, like for me, because I'm hardheaded and frugal and like, I want to know where all of my money goes and I want to know that it's worth it. And if you're not making that much or you're making only enough to like barely get by at the beginning, like it's really hard to pay people to do stuff. But this one, this one is your money. This one is your foundation. This one is really important. How do you work with people? Let's do that. How do you work with people, Sarah, on different levels so that people can sort of decide how deeply they they want to go or how much they need you? So let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. So the services I offer are monthly bookkeeping. I will do cleanup jobs, catch up jobs, which is basically someone who maybe has a QuickBooks account, but hasn't touched it in like six months. And so that's what we call a catch up, which is honestly more desirable than a cleanup because that's when you've tried to do the books <laughs> and, you've, <laughs> and you've just messed it up. <laughs> so uh... that's when you hire me to come in and do a cleanup job. But I also offer training. So for those people who are not ready to outsource bookkeeping, but still have no idea what they're doing in QuickBooks, because let me tell you, sometimes it is a rude awakening. Like when, if you've never dealt with an accounting software to then go in and try to learn it. Also, QuickBooks is always um, growing and expanding and changing things and giving new features. So even for someone like me who is in it, every single day, there are new things that pop up. And so that's where it really helps to have someone that knows it, that knows it well, and can then also teach you how to do it. I believe with Stacy, we did training and then I created a PDF and it was like, this is your go-to manual. This is what you're going to have to do on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis. This is what you can do to keep your books up to date. I never looked at it. How did that go for you? <laughs> I did. I like even right now I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait, you, you did, you created a PDF. So, wow. Yeah. No wonder I failed. <laughs> yeah. And, I had and no that's idea. what happens sometimes. Some training, some, some of my clients, they, you know, they can do it and, and they have that time and they have that side that they enjoy doing it. And then most of the times they do come back and they say, okay, I'm done. I, I know I, I know how to do it, but now I just don't have the time. I don't want to do it. Uh, and that's what a lot of you will figure out is that your time is worth much more than what you'd be paying me to do your books or paying another bookkeeper. And not necessarily that our time is worth less, but just the fact that what's going to take you 10 hours a month, it's going to take me two. So because I am familiar with QuickBooks, I know how to handle things. I, you know, I can categorize. I do have some extra tools in my toolbox in QuickBooks as an accountant user that other subscriptions don't have. So yes, so there are things to make my job a little easier. Here's what gets you guys, new practitioners, focus, quit multitasking, because I'm about ready to tell you something important. 
when you have something hanging over your head, like this is something that you're probably not going to know how to do. And I know you're all powerful and intelligent and ridiculously smart and capable. And, but this is just the things that you let ride that you know you should be doing or should hire out that just sit and hover drain your life force. If you don't have certain things, especially your money, if you don't have certain things in order where they need to be in order and you need to get to them, but you're too busy building a website or you're too busy trying to get patients or you're too busy trying to work on your own mental mindset of expanding into making lots of money or seeing, you know, like whatever it is, this is something that just sort of hovers and drains you in the background. And that is, you know, I'm so human. I will screw up left and right. And I'm here to like talk about it, <laughs> you know, and I let it hover and it did bother me and it did bother me and it did bother me. And did I have the money in the bank to call you and have you fix it? Yes, I did. But did I? No. I waited six months and then I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not, I haven't touched it. I haven't done anything. Please just come in here and do this. Right. And that's what we did. We got that all caught up. And then we set up, this is the thing that I find, I think that even if, even if you're a new practitioner and you have very little money, the bare minimum thing that you should do or could do, not should, I would never should somebody could do is hire Sarah or another bookkeeper to set up your, what is it called, Sarah? Like your chart of accounts, your categories. Yeah. So that yeah, when things, your-, your chart of accounts, so that when things go through QuickBooks, they're going into the right categories. And when you go in to reconcile your books, you can see where things are actually supposed to go. And once you have that, you will feel so much more empowered. So hire a bookkeeper to get you to that point where you understand at least that at least like that's the bare minimum i think i'm i'm giving you the shortcut you can s- do all the dumb stuff that i've done or you could just start here <laughs> you know but wouldn't you say like that's really like i mean you can do the the spreadsheet if you want but there's a whole process there you're going to mess it up you're going to like it's so much better just to have things a system in place Yes. And I did, I did do the spreadsheets for a little while with my doula work and it did, it's manual entry. So you're manually entering all of that data and no one has time for that. And it's, so it's super time consuming. And the great thing about QuickBooks is you link up your bank account and or credit cards and all of your transactions come in. So you're not like having to drag it. Oh my gosh, I forgot I made this charge or I, I you know, wrote this check. And that's why if it's all coming from your business bank accounts and credit cards, then you know that everything is included in QuickBooks that you spent on your business. So then all it takes is just categorizing. And that's where it does get tricky sometimes. Like if you bought new furniture for your office, do you expense that? Or do you put it as an asset to your business? And that depends on each one will show up on a different report. So do you want it on your balance sheet or do you want it on your profit and loss? That is a good question that you and a bookkeeper can help. But more likely, you're going to want to talk to your accountant about stuff like that. Maybe um, making a threshold for your assets, whether buying, whether it's like $2,000, anything that you spend more than $2,000 on, you'll want to put on as an asset furniture, computers, anything like that. 
but they, you know, and they may decide, well, anything under that you can expend. So that's why one of my suggestions too is to find a good accountant. And hopefully no one else has an experience like Stacy with an accountant <laughs> and finding a good accountant, but there are many of them out there. So that is one of my suggestions too, is just to really find a good accountant. They'll be able to help you obviously file your taxes. That is a difference between accountants and bookkeepers. Some accountants will do bookkeeping also, and some bookkeepers will also do accounting work. So you'll just have to figure it out. I like to think of a bookkeeper as just that month-to-month, day-to-day kind of person that comes along and really um, is helping you to like carry all the details, where the accountant is the person at the end of the year you'll hand your reports to, they'll take your data, and they will um, prepare your taxes for you. But they're the ones who are going to stay up-to-date on all of what you can write off, you know, all of those tax kind of questions, anything legal with your entity, all of those sorts of questions, you go to your accountant. As a doula, I knew I always got asked medical questions and I was not a medically trained doula as most doulas are not. They're working in their scope. And so my common answer to a lot of that was that is a great question for your OB. So right now I practice that a lot with my clients also. Mm -hmm. And I say, that is a great question for your accountant. So you always want to make sure too, if you do find a bookkeeper, that they're working within their scope and that they're not going to answer tax questions and give you tax advice if they are not legally able to. So find a great accountant. (laughs) Can I ask you a question about an accountant? So there are CPAs and then there are, what is the other one? Well, there are accountants and there are CPAs and there is another there is another category and i'm not sure what it is but i guess the cpa is a certified public accountant so that would be a i maybe and there's a tax preparer they mm-hmm. i guess do not hold the official title of a cpa or an accountant but they are they can file your taxes um not quite sure of all the difference there okay. so can you Can you tell me some things to look for when we're looking for an accountant? And then you can tell me some things to look for in a bookkeeper. But let's start with an accountant since we're already rolling there. Okay, awesome. I think one of the and one of the biggest things you talked about is great communication. So I had actually thought of this before you even spoke about it. But when you leave talking to them, do you feel relieved or do you feel more confused? Do you feel like they got a sense of what you need from them? Did you feel like they asked good questions? I think maybe they may be really good at their job. They may be awesome accountants, but if they don't vibe well with you, if you guys can't, if you guys don't really have the same same styles or can, you know, communicate well, it's just not going to work. I think I hear common from clients is that when they come to me because their accountant was doing their bookkeeping and they're just not happy with it is just maybe response time from accountants, how they, how you can communicate with your, with your accountant. So are you able to hop on a phone call with them anytime? Or are you only allowed email to email them? So that's one thing to kind of ask. Is I think just, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because some, you know, they're, they're not as responsive or they, I guess it can vary the response time between different accountants, whether they're in a big firm, whether they're in a smaller firm. So you just kind of have to gauge 
you know, even from making an appointment with them or getting your first phone call, did you, do you feel like you were able to make an appointment in a good amount of time? Did you have to wait a long time? I would just treat it all as an interview the whole way in, you know, were you treated nicely by staff? Were you sent reminders? Were you, you know, just everything just, you know, did it make your life easier? Because that's what, you know, we're here for. Sometimes it's hard because you do have to provide a lot of information. And so sometimes it feels like it's a lot more work for you um, when you go to your accountant or a bookkeeper at first. But hopefully, did they do a good job of making you feel better? And so that's... Is that about the same with a bookkeeper too? Or is there anything specific that we need to look for with a bookkeeper? Again, I think finding a bookkeeper and accountant that you trust is super important. So I would definitely go for referrals. If you have business owners that you trust or other friends, I would ask for referrals. I would do your homework and look at reviews. I would also, one thing I want you to do is always protect your business. So with a bookkeeper or an accountant, you may give them access to your bank account. Make sure that you are giving view-only access. You never want to give anyone a full user access to your bank accounts. So with my clients, I do get view-only access. So I'm able to pull monthly reports and I can see images on checks in their bank accounts. So I'm not having to ask them every time a check is written or every month they don't have to send me these documents. But it's very important as business owners that you are in charge of making sure that you are managing those accounts and that they are view only and that no one ever has access to move any of your money. And I just wanted to be clear about QuickBooks also. We do link bank accounts in there so we can see the transactions, but there's no way that any accountant or bookkeeper can move any kind of money through QuickBooks on your account. So you can rest assured that way. That's really good to know. I had no idea about that. So that was a good tip. Okay. So I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff that beginners need to know as far as, you know, guidance, et cetera. We've talked about my story and how I messed everything up and what I'm doing to kind of get things in line again. And you and I were having the last time that we were in meeting, you said something that just blew my mind. And I think this is one of the reasons that like, that I love. I, I talk about being a creator of magical networks. And these are like the little sparks when you know that the people that you're working with are your people. <laughs> and you said something and I was like, wow, what? Wait, let's talk about this. And it was something about profit first. We were talking about money and we were talking about how to manage money as a as a business owner. And you said something about like, having separate bank accounts, like multiple different bank accounts so that you know where your money is really and how to pay yourself and how to grow. And and then you pointed me to a book. And, and I, I want to talk about this a little bit because I think that this, I'm totally geeking out on this right now. And I'm super grateful that you pointed me in this direction. So we were talking about this book called Profit First by Mike Markowitz. Mike Mar oh I believe it's Mike Michalowitz, but yes, I thank you. That's that it. Up. <laughs> Mike Michalowitz. And so tell me tell me a little bit about that. Like what do you what are you doing or what do you what is this about? Tell us about this. 
Okay, so Mike Michalowicz, I think he's had quite a few businesses. He sold them. He's been successful. And then he's also messed up a lot too. And I think that's where he's learned all about this profit first, about growing these businesses. And then how is it at the end of the year that you don't have anything left, that you don't have profit? So he wants to teach people, teach business owners that are starting out, let's set aside your profit first which as a solopreneur may not be that much different than what we're doing right now. But as your business grows, it's going to be really important to set that aside so that you do have that profit. And so his method of doing that includes creating, depends on how advanced you want to go, but maybe starting out, it's with five bank accounts. And let's see if I can get them. So first you'll have an you'll have an income bank account where all of your money, all of your income for the month will go into this account. And you'll have another account for operating expenses, another account for your taxes, another account for your personal pay, and there is a fifth account. Profit. Profit. Who can forget about profit? <laughs> so you have your profit account. So you have these five bank accounts and he goes in and first just getting five bank accounts, finding a bank that won't charge you monthly rates, won't charge you minimum fees because most of these accounts you're going to try to zero out every month. So you want to find those stipulations. So he gives, he gives ideas and that, did you know that like you can go in and try to barter with some banks? Like you can say, Hey, I'm going to open up five accounts. Can I get them for this? You know, cause I'll take my business elsewhere. So it's just, it's really amazing. Uh, the book that he wrote, but then what you do is you get all your income and then you do percentages. So if you want to take 5% of your income and put it away into your profit first, then you put that away and it's set into a bank account. And he even suggests putting it in a bank account that you don't even readily check that maybe it's even a bank account that's not in the same bank with your other bank accounts so that you're not tempted to then take money out with that. So you can put your profit in there and then you can automatically set up like 15% to go into your taxes or 20%, 30%, whatever percentage is that you feel like you need. Again, that's why you need a good accountant to help you out with that. And you can put that away. And then you can put all of your expenses away. And what I use on a monthly basis is my profit and loss statement. And that helps me determine my operating expenses for the month. And so that way I can make sure that I am putting aside um, enough for that and even a little more. So in case I have an unexpected expenditure during, during next month that I'll need that for. So it really helps you divvy up and it helps you see in your bank account. You can see like right now, I know how much money I have for operating expenses because it's in that account. So when you're getting it all your income and everything in one account, it may not give you a complete picture of what you're making or maybe what you're bringing in. Because if $2,000 you're going to keep in there for operating expenses, then you, you may not really get a good feel of how much you made this month if you're not looking at those reports. But when you s spread it out like this, it's, it's, really, it's really cool. And it's visually, it's made for business people who are not into spreadsheets and doing the account and doing the reports. So it helps you to see that. Yeah, the the what I love about this is that it goes with the human psychology of most of us will spend what we see. In other words, especially if you have if you're a new practitioner, you've got $5,000 in the bank and you've got to like build this business, 
you might think that you need to purchase a bunch of herbs, but what you're not realizing is actually there's not money in the bank for you to do that. Just because it looks like there's $2,000 sitting there, that actually isn't shouldn't be allocated to purchasing herbs that are just going to sit on your shelf as a new practitioner. That's a bad idea. However, you could eventually because you're you're going to like paint this full broad picture that you can actually look and see where all of your money is. You could decide down the line like, "Oh, I have this money here. I can invest in herbs now, you know, and have those like readily available." I love this also, and I think this is what sparked this conversation between us was that I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'm going to open a savings account so that I can just shuffle 30% of my income into the savings account because this is the place where I think most entrepreneurs fail and get in trouble is that they haven't put away their money to pay taxes. And so that was my immediate, like when I think about business, you guys, I think how much is actually mine? I feel like, um, sorry, Sarah, I'm going to bore you for a second, but new practitioners, <laughs> new practitioners, you often, especially those who are trying to get jobs, think that um, getting paid, they should get paid, you know, oh, we charge the patient $80 for a patient visit. I should get 60% of that. And I'm here to tell you 30% of that goes to taxes-ish, okay? And then you, then that person that's hiring you, they have to pay for all of the overhead. That includes the accountant, the software, the like, the location, the the fact that you might make thirty five dollars an hour is actually pretty good, or forty dollars an hour as a practitioner is pretty good, or per patient is pretty good, because I look at right now, thirty percent goes to taxes. If I have a billing company. 10% goes to the billing company, there's 40% of that $80 right there. And I'm not even paying for my lease space yet. And that is the biggest overhead as a new practitioner is your lease space. So I'm really sorry to say that that $80 does not go into your pocket. It just doesn't. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of us don't realize this in the very beginning. And what makes this like super simple or like super interesting to me is that the accounting system, the way that things, the accountants that are bookkeepers look at things now, half of you, when she said P&L, were like, what's a P&L? What's, what's a cost of goods sold? What's the difference between this and that? Like, we, we don't know accounting, right? And when somebody wants information from us, say we're getting a loan, they ask for all of these pieces of paper that don't, we don't really know exactly what they mean until we do like two or three years in or, you know, whatever, you're going to understand all of this just because of the language and you've been doing it for a while. But in the beginning, like it's so much easier. Basically what we do anyway is we, we open up our, our bank account. We take a look at how much is in the bank account. We take a look at what's on the books. How much do we think we're going to have coming in this month? And then you spend what's in your bank account. And that is disastrous. <laughs> So it's better to take a look at what you've got in your expense bank account to see if you can actually afford the electronic health record that you want or see if you can afford these things. It's called budgeting. It's amazing. But it's a really good way because it's a quick snapshot and you can just take a look at your accounts. So and who would think that you would take a profit from the very beginning, right? The point is like you pull off a little bit of profit from the beginning and you never see it. And if you never saw it, then it's just going to sit in there and grow. Same thing, I think, with your with your pay. 
but the, the challenge is like figuring out your percentages, especially from the beginning. Right. Yeah. 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 So and- go ahead. I want to hear more. Do you do this? Is this something that you do? I do. I do. I don't have five full accounts, but I believe I work with three. I use three accounts. I have my tax account. I have my operating expense account and I do have my, my income account. So I don't have a profit account. It is only me in my prop in my practice right now. So I do everything by my profit and loss statement. So I can see how much I've, you know, taken in this, this year and I can see how much I've paid myself, but you know, I think there might be a time soon that I'm going to need to get that extra bank account and start setting that profit aside. Oh, I remember one thing I was going to say is that, and I'm not sure if it's like this in your industry, if there are kind of an ebb and flow sometimes to your business, there are busier times than there are not so busy times. And I think one of the struggles new business owners have is when maybe they're going through one of those busier times and they're feeling like, okay, I've got some more income coming in. I'm going to go ahead and get this software. I'm going to go ahead and purchase something you know, for the office. I'm going to hire an assistant. I'm going to get a receptionist. I'm going to you know, spend this extra money because I'm assuming that it's always going to be like this. And then once you start working, getting used to a certain service, you're not going to then get rid of it when things kind of slow down. And so that's where you can really get through some hard times in your business. So I would definitely suggest looking at all of your you know, expenses every month. What I like to do for my clients is I send them a profit and loss report every month. But as we go further in the year, I do do all of this year's and I separate it by months so they can see how January, February, March, they can see how different their months are. Maybe they're all similar. Maybe they have also seasons of where they've gotten better and they've got, but they can almost take an average of at least their expenses. And so they can kind of get an idea on an average basis. Let's, you know, we can probably count on this amount. So it's just something to keep in mind that once you start hitting, you feel like you've finally gotten to a place and you're, you're having busier times. It's just always to keep in mind that expense, but budget. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because there will be months where you get hit and there will be months when, or years when suddenly a pandemic strikes and highly affects every aspect of your life. And you want some money in the bank for that. So again, you guys, the name of that book is Profit First and it's Mike, Sarah, say his last name for me. I'm going to go with that. How about that? How about this? I know that if you want to take a look at his stuff, simply because he knows his last name is ridiculous, just go to, and I'm not getting paid for this. You can type in mikemotorbike.com and that will take you to his website because he knows that nobody's going to remember how to spell his last name. So he's just sort of a genius. So it's mikemotorbike.com and then I'll take you to, and you can check out his books. He has many books. He's got so many books that are amazing business books that I've been reading and I love. So yeah, yeah. He's my latest geek out. I've been listening to him as I've been driving. So you're sort of a new entrepreneur too, in a way. Can you 
Would you be willing to talk about do math people have imposter syndrome? Oh my gosh, yes. I think that is something that we all suffer from. I think at some point or another, we've all felt out of our league or that we're not good enough or comparing ourselves to other people. And so that is one of my things that I wanted to say to new entrepreneurs is to not compare yourself to anyone else, which is totally difficult. But just remember that there's only you out there. There's only one you out there. And the best thing that you can do for everybody is just to be you. How do you deal with imposter syndrome? Have you ever had it? Yes. Um, I was really worried in this pivot that I did that people wouldn't take to it or people would wonder about why I'm changing fields and then wonder if I'd be any good at what I'm doing right now. So I definitely have a lot. And, you know, I'm learning from people who have been in this game for years and seeing other people take off. So it's definitely, it's definitely there. And I think the biggest thing that I strongly feel that this is what I'm meant to do. And so at night, literally for probably the first three months, I literally had to tell myself, this was my mantra that I used to say, I am a perfect match for my business. I am a perfect match for my business and I enjoy helping people. So that was just what I, this is just what I did. And I said, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to help some more people. So that's kind of just where I went on. I'm going to keep striving to learn more, become better, and I'm going to help more people. And I feel like having that mindset just really helps me open up. And to know that I am a perfect match for my business has just really been amazing. So I feel like if you do know that you're a perfect match for what you're doing, then just keep striving, keep trying to learn and keep working hard. And it'll right. get there. So staying in action is a big way to help get over the fear. And I find sometimes I have what's called analysis paralysis, where the fear will get me and I'll find that I have to clean the house before I do a podcast or that I have to like do everything but what I should be doing, the scariest thing. And you're right. If you have a plan and you have like a reason that's bigger than your fear, then you, especially if it, if for those of us who love to help other people, if it, if it means that you get to help other people, then it's easier to get over that fear. And I feel that people aren't as scary as you make them out to be in your mind. So <laughs> I feel like we're all just imperfect people walking around this world, like looking for, you know, some other example of an imperfect person to just come out and, you know, I do not know everything. I don't even know everything about bookkeeping or accounting by far, but I'm always learning and I'm always open to learning and I just keep trying to do better. So, and I love what I do. So I think that's, that's all you can ask. Yeah. I think that's great. So that was, that was a good place to start winding down. Can, do you have any other advice for a new business owner practitioner? Before we close, yeah, I think I, I know, I think I have to agree with Stacy from the beginning. Is that get your team, find your people. Don't try to do this all on your own, and find your people, and you will succeed. Even if it's finding other entrepreneurs who are in your same boat, 
connecting with people, I think is great. So just keep at it, make a plan and learn from someone else who's been in your shoes. You know, you don't might not want to take advice from someone who's not where you want to be. Find someone where is that is where you want to be and figure out how they got there. Perfect. That's so I love this so much because and I say this at the every at the end of every interview like this. It always and and I don't think you've listened to enough of them to know that you just did exactly what everybody else did and says. The two the thing that's most important in your practice is to have support. Is to find that support, surround yourself with really people that you resonate with that you can talk to and that is that is really the key to feeling comfortable and moving forward and and finding your way so thank you once again i love i love it i I totally appreciate everything that um you've brought to the table i think you have an offer for the new practitioners i do i want to meet all of you so i'd love for you to schedule a 30-minute consult that AccuSprout listeners are able to get for free with me, Sarah Quiggle at Horizon West Bookkeeping. And let's chat. Let's figure out what are your biggest bookkeeping hangups? Let's figure out how we can solve them. Yeah. I highly encourage you guys to do this. Just even it's fine. If you don't use Sarah, it's fine. If you just want to meet, it's fine. If you just want to ask her a question, all of those things are great and fine. I think that she'll also be able to talk you through like maybe where you need to start and take where you need to start to get where you want to go. Like it's really good to have things set up. So, so reach out to Sarah, the information will be in the show notes and thanks again, Sarah. It's been, this has been a really fun podcast. I really enjoyed having you on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Stacy. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you <laughs> and talk uh-huh. about great bookkeeping. Uh, great bookkeeping and great books. All right. Take care. Thanks. AccuSprout is brought to you by our latest sponsors, Jane Electronic Health Records. Thank goodness, because I carried this thing for two years and it just about took me under. So thanks to Jane and thanks to Horizon West Bookkeeping. Uh, You can find these resources on the tools page at AccuSprout.com backslash tools. Be sure and check out all of those Um, potential awesome business sources for you that when you use them, they will help support the podcast. Also, if you appreciate this podcast, feel free to head on over to iTunes and give me a rating. If you didn't like the podcast, don't worry. Don't worry. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. And if you appreciate this podcast, it would be amazing if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a great review. And if you don't like what I'm doing, then that's okay. No worries. Just skip it.